first reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, starting at verse 25. The section is titled, Don't Worry. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The second reading comes from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, and starting at verse 4. The title for this section is Final Exhortations. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the final reading is back to the Gospel of Matthew again, this time chapter 11 and starting at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May God bless his word to us. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. When you, when you sit at the front there, you look forward, you, it's good to turn around and see all the people in the congregation, isn't it? Uh, <coughs> yes, uh, it's, uh, it's, um, yes, I suppose it's about four months since I was here. I wish you a belated New Year's uh, blessing. And uh, it's, good, it's good to be with you. And uh, uh, yes, we're going to be looking at worry today. 
anxiety. Um, and uh, so, yes, I mean, if I were to ask you, has anybody come here today with no worries and anxieties? I suspect I'd get no hands going up, um, and, and understandably so. It's interesting that uh, if you look in Galatians chapter 5.22, we get, we get Paul's fruit of the Spirit. You remember them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, um, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I think I've got those right. But you will notice, I hope, that worry doesn't get a mention in those. Because worry, of course, is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of uh, an anxious and broken world. Um, we live in that world, and we all have to face up to the realities of that world and the circumstances that we live in. And uh, worries, wh where do worries come from? I guess if you were to summarize it, they come from worries about health, about money, and about relationships. I mean, they're probably the, the core things. And, and, of course, in the last two years, we've had this pandemic, um, and we've had all the disruption that's caused by, that, by the pandemic. And, of course, that's added to our worry and our anxiety. On top of that, we've now got energy prices up by 50%. I mean, these are big issues. They're, they're worries for us. Um, and we need to face up to the fact that actually on our own, these this are not good, this is not good news. Um, and it's very easy for us, us, for us to get wrapped up in our, uh, in our worries. You see, what's the problem here? I mean, the problem, I think, is quite simple. We look at these circumstances around us, we look at the problems of the world, and we realize that we're not in control. We realize that actually, we just don't have what it takes to, to, to handle all these things and draw them all together and stride out each day with full confidence and no worries. We don't have that in us. Now, I talk to you this morning as a minister, a minister of the church. I'm not a doctor. And I think I do need to say, when we're talking about something like worry, if people, anybody here is suffering from chronic anxiety, really serious issues, there may be a medical issue there which you need to see a doctor for. But fortunately for us, the Bible has an awful lot to teach us about worry and how to handle it. I mean, th those passages we heard today, in that first one that Jesus, three times in that short passage, he says, do not worry. Do not worry. Easy for him, you might say. But, you know, that's the, and Paul, in that second passage we, we heard today, he simply says, do not be anxious. You know, we've actually got an instruction from the Lord telling us not to worry. And what I want to do today, I, I want to look at just where does that confidence come from? That confidence saying, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. Where does it come from? You see, it says, actually, in mean, the New Testament we looked at today, if you look in the Old Testament, um, Proverbs chapter 12, it says, an anxious heart weighs a man or woman down. See, that's the, other, that's the thing about worry. I mean, not only is it not of God, it doesn't do us any good. 
And in fact, actually, worry achieves nothing. We need to recognize that. I mean, in a sense, it exposes it as a work of the devil, really, because it doesn't actually achieve anything. You know, when we worry, nothing actually changes. What the Lord is calling us to do, and what those passages call us to do today, is to change our focus. See, if you actually look at your problems all the time, then the problems overwhelm us. What the Lord is saying, at the end of that passage we heard, that first passage we heard today, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. What Jesus is saying, you needn't worry, because what you should be doing is not focusing on all these problems you're facing. You need to focus on the kingdom, on God, on what God has done for you and what he will do for you. And, and so this morning, what I want to do, I want to look at the, what the Bible teaches, and I want to look at it in three particular areas. Um, worship, prayer, and action. Worship, prayer, and action. You see, when we're beset by worries, and, and we all are, I mean, actually, I was quite worried about coming to this service this morning and preaching. You know, you wonder, how is it going to go? Am I going to get the message over properly? And, you know, worry is part of life. But actually, I've been worshipping this morning, and I actually feel better already. By the time I get to preach, I've worshipped a bit, and actually it's lifted me. It's actually changed my focus. It's moved me from focusing on, my goodness, I've got to do this preaching in a moment, to Almighty God. And that changes everything. Worship is good for you. It's good for you. It's difficult to worry when you're worshipping. The worries tend to slide off your back when you're actually focusing on Almighty God. It says that Psalm 121 says, I, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And there you've got it, you see. Why can we rely on the Lord? He made us. He made this world. He understands us. He says there in, in, that, in those passages that actually he really does understand and actually he has got the answer to the problems that we face. It's interesting, though. Actually, I mean, when you actually look at when we worry about things, we have a... I think most of us have a tendency to sort of to pull back, to sort of go in. I mean, I, I have a tendency, I like to go into my room and sort of mull over it. Now, we are, we're all different, and we have different ways of, of handling it. But actually, what worship does, it forces you out. It forces you to look beyond your worries. And we should take that very seriously. And the thing is, you know... Um, if you've got a tendency to slide back when life gets too much for you and you get, get worried, well, actually, what the Lord is saying, no, don't do that. Come, worship the Lord. Let this worry slide off you. Come, even, come to worship even if you are worrying. Don't be consumed. God has given us ways to push the worries away. 
Take every opportunity you can to worship God. Put your praise tapes on at home when you're feeling low because it's good to worship. So that's the first thing. Never miss opportunities to worship, particularly if you're feeling worried and anxious. But then we come to prayer. You see, Paul in that passage um, that, that we heard from Philippians said, don't be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition, which means asking, with thanksgiving, bring your requests to God. We have to have an open invitation. We are invited. And that second, that's the second passage from, um, <coughs> uh, the, from Matthew chapter 11 talks about, come to me, all who are burdened and weary and anxious, and I will give you rest. That's the invitation, that's the promise uh, that we have. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, it talks about casting our anxieties on God. Just casting our anxieties on God. A wonderful picture, I think, we've got there. We are invited to bring our worries and our stresses and our strains. We're invited to bring them to Almighty God. It is a privilege that you and I should not turn down. And so and that's very important, prayer. But the interesting thing that Paul actually, he goes on, of course, he talks prayer and petition, and then he goes with thanksgiving. And that actually fascinated me when I saw that. I thought, yes, you know, when you think about it, when you read Paul's epistles again and again, he, he seems to give thanks, does he not? And in fact, there are dozens of references where Paul is talking to the church. I just sorted a few out. In a, I saw in a book here, this is Colossians 1 verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Then 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, we give thanks to God always for all of you. Uh, 1 Timothy, first of all, I urge you then with supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. I thank my God always when I remember you in prayer. I could go on and on, and I just challenge you, go through Paul's letters and just mark off all the times you come to thanksgiving. Why do I emphasize it? Because actually the thanksgiving reflects the attitude that we come into prayer. You see, if you're, if you're low and miserable and anxious, you've got a tendency to come into prayer thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, yeah, I know I've got to come to you in prayer, but I'm feeling thoroughly miserable today. What actually we're being challenged to do there is to actually not, when we come to prayer, certainly our problems need to be brought before the Lord. No, no dispute about that. But let's bring them in an attitude of thanksgiving. Because there are good things in our lives. The trouble is when we get worried, we tend to brush all those out and just focus on the problems. This is a challenge to have a balanced view. When we come to prayer, Let's come in with thanksgiving. Thank the Lord for the good things in our life. Thank him for dying for us on a cross. There are so many things that we can thank the Lord for, as well as bringing our problems to him. It puts worries into perspective. Another thing that just helps us to balance our view. But then, uh, and, and this next bit you might find a bit challenging, 
But it is a fact. Worry is a sin. But it is, you see. We've got very clear instructions in Scripture. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. When we are worrying, we are sinning. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's... I was miserable before. I'm even more miserable now. Um, but actually, you know, it's good news in there. Because what do you do when you sin? What do you do when you become aware of sin? You repent. You repent. We say sorry to God. And in fact, if you, if you think about it, it's a very good way to come into God's presence. Lord, I know you've told me not to worry. I know, I, but I'm, 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 I'm terribly anxious today. It's, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry. I know you've instructed me not to, but please forgive me. And then you can move on. And, it's, and yet, why is that important? Because it's important because what prayer has power, real power? A prayer of repentance. Why? It clears away all the barriers between you and God. When we are aware that we have sinned, we should simply repent of it. The forgiveness is there, but we have to do it. We don't just take that for granted. We repent of our sins, and indeed, repentance, probably more than anything else that we're talking about today, opens the power of God. It enables God to work in power in your situation and my situation. Do you, do you understand? You get it. I mean, don't view, don't view repentance as something that you do grudgingly. This is the way where we keep the, the channels open, where God can continue to bless us. Now, looking at this, another question, of course, we need to ask ourselves about this is, when we are we praying to God, what are we expecting God to do? Are we expecting him just to sweep all our problems away? Um, and so at the end of the prayer, it's all gone and we can walk, hold our head up high, and there's no more problems around. Well, I mean, I'm sure many of us here could speak of whenever that's happened, where we've prayed for something and bang, it's happened. But it doesn't always happen that way, does it? It doesn't always happen that way. And so often, um, I've... I've what I've found when I've brought my concerns, my anxieties to the Lord, they don't necessarily dis disappear, but actually when I look at them next time, they don't seem so bad after all. Or I can see a way through them, which I couldn't see before. So, you know, we, we do need to be careful here. Um, you know, just because God doesn't wipe out all my debt, well, if that's my problem today, doesn't mean God hasn't answered our prayers. Maybe we can look at that debt tomorrow with a different eyes, and we can actually go to a debtor's vice, or whatever it is. We can, the thoughts, you know, God can speak to us in many different ways, and it's not always by just bang, you know, problem solved. So that's the second thing. We started with worship. We looked at prayer. We've now looked at prayer. Um, Bearing in mind we're invited, bear in mind the importance of, of thanksgiving, 
and the importance, particularly, of repentance when we when we uh, when we uh, <coughs> are worrying. I want to move on though to the third one, to the question of action, because this is important, obviously, and there's two aspects to this I want to I want to explore this morning. <coughs> um, <coughs> The, the, the first one, of course, is that when we lay, when we, God invites us to come, when we lay our problems before him, this doesn't mean, of course, that we don't have to do anything ourselves. You know, God expects us to do our bit. Um, he expects us to, um, to just to, to simply um, to, to face up to our problems. You know, we obviously we're worried because we can't solve them, but we, we haven't got God's permission just to turn away from them. We need to actually face up to them. Uh, and you know, that, that passage actually, I, we, we stopped that passage on Paul, and it was my fault um, that we didn't do the next verse, because after that verse it said, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will protect your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Very often, that's the answer to our prayer. It's the peace of God that comes upon us and helps us to look in a different way uh, at our problems and our anxieties. Uh, and they suddenly become manageable. When I was worried about doing this sermon, I still had to do the sermon, but by the time I got here this morning, the anxiety had gone. I looked at the same problem but I saw it differently because the peace of God had come upon me uh, and I could see a way through on doing this sermon. So, bear that in mind. Do bear that in mind. You know, don't try and tell God how to answer your prayer. God is God and he will do it his way. And his way is the right way. But when I looked at action also, um, I, I was thinking also of, of, some, of something else, really. That as Christians, um, I'll just quote to you, let us not become weary in doing good. See, there is a real risk, as I've already said, um, that um, <coughs> when we worry and when we get anxious, we spend all our time focusing on our problems. Uh, and other things get pushed out of the window. Worship can get pushed out, we've already looked at. But doing good, we are called to be people who do good. And it says in, again in, in Romans 12, overcome evil by good. We are people who should be looking to do that. And the important thing is when we're worried, focusing on our own problems, we shouldn't forget that what we need to do is to help other people and to focus beyond ourselves. Uh, not only is it good for the people that we're helping or the situations that we're helping, it's actually good for us. Because yet again, it takes our mind, our focus off, the, off worry. And I'm also aware that, um, that you've got some verses of Scripture that you're focusing on <coughs> in this church for, for this year. And one of them is John from John 13. A new command I give you, love one another. Again, this is something that takes us beyond ourselves. It's putting God first, it's putting other people first. We are called 
to focus outwards from ourselves. Not to say we neglect our worries and anxieties, we don't, but at least it again, it helps us to put them into perspective. So that's another question. So, another, so we've got worship, we've got prayer, and we've got action. Very important that we, we bear in mind all of those. You see, as Christians, we are called to live by faith. And that basically means that you're never going to see all the answers to all your questions, all your worries and anxieties. While we're on this world, we live by faith. We don't live by getting the whole picture given to us then. Once we get to heaven, it may it'll be very different. We will see a very different picture, uh, and it will be wonderful. But on this earth, we are, we are living in a place that is broken, that is riven with anxieties. That's the world we live in. And the Lord, until the Lord comes back, we're going to have to live in that. We're going to have to manage our anxieties. And I think we can do that in the ways that I've suggested today. You see, if the fruit and the spirit are to grow in each of us, and that's clearly what God's intention, that all these good things like love, joy, peace will grow in us, we've got to manage our worry. We can't just push it away and forget it or, or let it dominate our lives. We've got to manage it. Worry is a fruit of this world. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Now, I mean, I come to you today as a minister. I come to encourage you. I can't do any more than that today. Um, and I want the, the word that I think the Lord gave me this morning to bring to you today is that God has no grandchildren. Each one of you is a child of God. He wants to deal on, on an in-person basis with each one of us. I can't do it for you. I can't repent on your behalf. Um, you need to be the one to do that. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you far more than he does. And if he does hear far more, you'll find those worries that, that beset you this morning will be more manageable. That the peace of God will really will protect your heart. And you may well see a few miracles in your life as well. I don't deny God does those. Karen and I have experienced miracles on many occasions. But he doesn't always work that way. Let God be God. So take action. Start today. Let's just bow our heads in prayer at the moment. And I just in, in, do invite you now, if you've, got, if you've carried anxieties through that front door today, just say sorry to the Lord. Sorry, I, I brought this anxiety in, Lord. I know I shouldn't be worrying, um, but I, I'm bringing this to you. Please help me in managing, in, in sorting out this problem. I just give you a moment to do that. Father, I just pray now for your blessing on these people today. 
including myself, Lord, I'm in need as much as they are. And Lord, pour out your spirit upon us. I do pray that as people leave this sanctuary this morning, as they walk out that door, they will feel a new lightness in their step. They will feel a sense that they've met with you today and that you've met them in their anxieties. And they can step out now with a new boldness and a new confidence. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, thank you for that word, Bob. The interesting thing is, is the word that Bob has gave about worry, do not worry, what on the screen you may have noticed that we had a different theme. I don't know if you can put that back on again for a moment, Peter. The foundation for real joy. We're not quite sure between us where that came from. But it's on your sheet, I know, but where it came from in the way of other than on the sheet, I don't know who put it there. But what is the foundation for real joy? Do not worry. If you want to be in real joy, get rid of worry. Yeah. What stops us from being in joy? The worries and the cares of this world. So, you know, although it's a, I don't know where it came from, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth. I think that's where it came from. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Um, we're going to have a, a time of worship, so I'm going to call upon our worship team to come and lead us again. Thank you.